Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Welcome to episode 40. 40! We did it. I'm your host, Gary Levitt, and this week we talk to New York-based stand-up comedian and actress Kate Weinberg. We're going to hear how she overcame shyness, one-woman shows, going to Columbia University, and acting methods, and all kinds of interesting topics and tangents. And then we bring it all back home. Thanks for listening. And as always, email the show, thegaryhour at gmail.com. Thanks so much for the positive reviews on iTunes. We read it and we uh, value your feedback. So keep it coming. Music, as always, by the band Setting Sun in the background. And enjoy this episode. I know I did. With me, Matt Kaplan, and Kate Weinberg. Yeah! Yeah, I don't know. I don't really... It hasn't really been much of a problem. Okay, good. For me, yeah. Then let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) So I did my research, and... uh, First of all, you graduated Columbia. I'm saying this like you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, she graduated, you graduated Columbia University. Yeah. That's a really good school. Yeah. You know, Obama went to that school. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> you must have done well in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good, it was, it was a good school to go to. I studied art history, uh, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Why art history of all? Well, I was always interested in art. I grew up in the city, uh, and I used to always go to, like, uh, museums. You grew up in Manhattan? In Manhattan. I grew up near Columbia, actually. Okay. So, I really... I'm kind of like a small-town girl. I still... And I I now bartend in, like, that neighborhood. So, I'm really, like... And I... Until recently, I was still living in that neighborhood. So, I had, like, lived in the same 20-block radius for... People might think you're stranded on the island of Manhattan. Yeah, but now I'm in Queens. I moved to Astoria six months ago. Yeah, it was a big deal for me. Congratulations. You made it off the island. Yeah, I made (laughs) it off the island. It's actually... It's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you know Obama when you were in Columbia? Yeah, we were really good friends. (laughs) Roommates? Yeah, really tight. Actually, I saw Putin once. You saw Vladimir Putin? Yeah, when, like 20, why? okay, no, not 20 years ago. How many years? I was like, it was in high school. Mm-hmm. I was crossing Columbia's campus. Maybe it was even middle school. I don't know. I, I can't figure out the time, but this was like in the early 2000s. And yeah. I was just going across campus from the subway to get home. 
And he was, there had just been an event there and he was shaking people's hands. And so Who from was distance, standing in line to shake Putin's hand. But this was like, this was before, like he was a jerk before it was out. Like, yeah, I mean, he mm. was like very, he was, he wasn't a, oh, I'm going to be really embarrassed. What, what do they call him? The president? What is he in, in Russia? Prime minister? Like, what do they? Oh yeah. Good question. Yeah. Uh, his title. I mean, other than like dictator. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. But what is i don't know what his title is now but he was like yeah i was really ashamed to say that but i guess we're all on board leader let's call him leader Leader. yeah yeah before he was the leader yeah it was like like what he was like the step before that so he was able to like be on campus like that right so i observed him from afar i was like oh you know i think it was like my senior year or junior year i was just like really into russian artwork well, yeah, that too. Or Russian dictators. Yeah, dictators. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get an Russian impression everything. of him? Did I get what? An impression of him just seeing him? Did he seem like, whoa, that's a bad dude? No. But it was so it was really from afar. And mm-hmm. I like didn't realize how significant he would become. Yeah. So I kind of just like noticed it and then like continued on home. Well, Russia is one of those places where you're not allowed to be gay. Yeah. Either. They'll come and get you. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that, yeah, before recording. Yeah. Yeah. It's Bangladesh. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Columbia University, that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So art history, and what do you, you just end up, like, are you not really, you're, see, when researching you, you have so many different facets to you. There's the actor you, improv you, stand-up cue, stand-up you. Stand-up cue. <laughs> cue, <laughs> that's like, do a joke. Um <laughs> And then you also have a couple one-person shows. Yeah, I have a couple one-woman shows. Yeah, yeah well, I studied a solo performance um, at Columbia um, in my freshman year. It was actually, I was in a class with Kate McKinnon, uh-huh. which was pretty cool. In SNL now? Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Um, but it was, it was actually like one of the best classes I've ever taken like was it, it an acting class it was an acting class so i studied acting at columbia the only the thing with columbia um acting is you can't they don't have the option to oh, i can't remember now the theater department they have a okay columbia has a grad school has like an acting program but it's a an mfa uh-huh. but for undergrad you study acting at barnard Columbia okay. and Barnard really are basically the same. I mean, well, no, I mean, Columbia, you have this core curriculum that you have to take these specific classes. But other than that, Barnard and Columbia, you could like half of my art history classes were at Barnard. Is and, there a certain form of acting that you study? Like I hear about method oh, actors. So, yeah. So I anyway, so I didn't I decided not to major in acting, but I took classes. So <laughs> the Barnard Theater Department actually has a lot of like very avant-garde, or at least they did when I was there. They have like puppetry. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can take a class. On I took puppetry. a class on puppetry and uh mask. Really hard stuff. Puppetry is a challenge. What is mask? Like mask work, wearing a mask. It was called puppetry and mask. Okay. The class that I took. So it's like kind of miming, but you're kind wearing of, a mask. Yeah. Interesting. And then I I I uh, I worked with like really like giant like cardboard cutout puppets. It's uh it's pretty cool. I shadow puppets. Mm-hmm. I did a play using shadow puppets. Uh huh. About Hurricane Katrina. You, something you wrote. No, it was, uh, that was, uh, we're going all over the place. We just moved from solo. Well, yeah, we'll, no. We'll come back. It'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. come back. It'll all make sense. Oh, but I am interested in, cause you have, uh, all this education in different facets. And I've never really taken a formal acting class. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, 
just oh yeah yeah i'm curious about this well yeah there are a lot of different uh methods right yeah so i didn't really study one method at columbia but um did you study a few different methods at columbia no they didn't really what classes did i take there i took the solo performance i took the puppetry i took like a shakespeare i think or a restoration comedy or something or maybe both shakespeare he's the writer right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's that the british yeah the, the he's famous. the guy that writes the movies yeah he romeo writes romeo and juliet was a right, movie yeah, he made that movie here's a yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah a couple a couple of those movies um no puppetry was really cool though so this play about katrina so this woman this was in 2000 it was right after uh the hurricane this uh senior it would have been really weird if it was before the hurricane yeah, yeah it was about she just saw it happening she saw the future she's a visionary yeah it's amazing no she uh so she went she like drove down to new orleans mm-hmm. and she interviewed people there but uh and then she compiled all these like hours of interviews and then she also interviewed people from like who were affected by hurricane rita which was in the area right out because there were two storms i mean obviously katrina was like at the same time yeah i think rita was either right after or right before but it affected like uh, the areas like right outside new orleans yeah so she um so she was from nova scotia Mm -hmm. and there's this poem called evangeline about which tells the story of how the cajuns settled in louisiana Mm -hmm. so the people who she interviewed who were affected by rita those were the mostly cajuns who you know so she like interviewed both like people from new orleans people from lafayette and all all these parts of louisiana and then she wanted to mix this like story this poem evangeline kind of parallel the stories okay because the people in the poem were like displaced from their home. Eventually, it's kind of a classic story. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've heard a song called. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. There is a song. Um, it comes on random can you, sometimes. Can you sum up the story? It's uh, almost like a myth, right? Yeah. Or like the, these, uh, these, this, the Acadians mm-hmm. who were the, these, they were French and in like in Canada by Nova Scotia, I think they were like, they were pushed off their land. I, oh my God, I could be wrong about this. And I should okay. know since I did like the play. No one's going to fact check this. They might, you know. <laughs> no, but uh, they like were pushed off their like land, I think by the British. And then they went all the way down to Louisiana and they settled. Yeah. So we, so for the play, so then she came back to New York and she had a few of us for her senior thesis at Barnard. She had a few of us, uh, like uh, us cast members, we went through all the interviews and we helped her compile a script uh-huh. using the words of the people who she had interviewed. Oh, cool. And then we, and that we acted. And then we also mixed in it, like we performed the poem with shadow puppets. So when we were acting, we were like acting in front of this like shadow puppet screen. Uh-huh. It was really cool, actually. And then two years after that, yeah. we, we all went down to New Orleans and we all interviewed more people and uh to see how it is two years after yeah that uh-huh. was quite an that was crazy it was still like such a it was 
insane. Oh, I like so it's almost like you uh, she, you did a doc. It's almost like she did a documentary yeah. research, and then you took the research of the documentary and turned it into a play. Yeah, and we, I mean, and it, yeah, and we were really using their words, so it was like oh, you were using their actual words. We were as, using yeah, it was all their words mm-hmm. and the poem. Their words meaning it recorded and played during the show, or no, you, we, you guys we said it, oh, okay. yeah. We just like compiled, like we made the script, like we put the you know pieces of the interviews right together. It was mm. so crazy. And then going back though, two years after, it was pretty insane because we went to like the ninth ward. Mm-hmm. What's the ninth ward? That was like hit the hardest. Okay, uh, that's an area of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of like houses had just been lifted off their foundations and then like landed somewhere else. So when she was there, she had seen these houses just like in the middle of the road. Wow. Then when we were there two years later, the houses had been like, you know, replaced, but it was just completely, no, they hadn't been replaced. They had been like, you know, taken off the road and all that, but it was just desolate. And I remember this one woman we talked to, she was like, she was like, notice how there aren't even like animals here. She's like, it's all just like dead. And like, there, yeah, it was. It's all dead, but no one, no animals came back. There must have been so much mold. Yeah. I mean, just the mold alone is enough to keep animals away. We went into a house that was affected by Rita. We also, we stayed with this guy in Lafayette um, for a night, this family. Mm-hmm. And he drove us to this home that like we walked into. And he was like, yeah, this probably isn't like the safest place to be in right yeah now. i lived in a house with mold for a little bit and uh Ooh. yeah i like my lung was felt like it was already full of air and i didn't know there was mold in the house but i was like oh man i'm allergic to something i thought it was the outside and i was like i can't get a breath and it went on for like a month i tried everything and then at some point i went in the basement i'm like oh my god there's mold here that's what it is and got the mold out and then i was fine Wow, wait, you got the mold out or someone else came? No, someone else got the mold yeah, out. I'm yeah, I'm worried that I have mold in my, uh, well, I just, so I moved like six months ago and like they had like, they must have, my landlord like, you know, painted the apartment like before I looked at it and then like right after I signed the lease, I noticed this water damage on my ceiling. He painted over the water damage? Yeah, and then I start like freaking out and I was all like, I was convinced that I had mold mm-hmm. and uh and then I got hit by a bike, and so that um, I stopped worrying about the mold. Yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. your bike accident. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. But uh, We're still in college. So college, yeah. So that was the play about... That, I mean, yeah, so and the, the shadow puppetry aspect, mm-hmm. though, I mean, that was... Did you know what you wanted to be? I knew that I wanted to... Yeah, or I did. do. I should say, you'll be who you are, what you wanted to do. <laughs> it's very very philosophical yeah yes. no no no. i i did know that i wanted to act mm-hmm. it was i knew from high school i don't know why i but i just i just was um we it was actually, it was actually a con- conversation i had with kate mckinnon actually I'm, i just remembered we because she was a couple years older than me and i was asking her advice on if i should major in theater and she was like you could do theater here and not major in it she's like you might as well just so I remember her, that, yeah. Her advice was kind of like keep your iron in, in many different fires. Well, she not yeah. Well, she was just like you might as well, and that's kind of how I had felt. She was like you might as well um, major in something else here and just yeah, and and do the theater anyway. Right. And I'm glad that I did. Uh, I'm definitely glad that I did that because I mean, so even though I like the whole time that I was doing art history, I kind of knew that I wasn't gonna. 
also what do you do with an art history i mean i could have gotten into academia my dad's in academia so and i know how like that world is that's it's like harder to make it in academics really like to be a professor well, I mean, you, it's a gamble. Like, you have to accept whatever job you can get so you can end up in, like, Iowa. Right. And you have to be cool with that. To get, like, an actual New York job is really tough. I imagine it's very competitive. Yeah. Um, Who ends up with those jobs? Like, how does someone end up in the ideal place teaching? I don't know. They have I think most... a lot of them jump around until they get to that place. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've earned it. Now I can be a professor at NYU or Columbia or wherever I want to be. Well, yeah. It's almost like a radio disc jockey. Like, you yeah. just wherever there's an open mic, they'll just, you go to yeah. work. Yeah, pretty much. What is your dad, your dad's uh, professor? Yeah, physics. Physics? Whoa, yeah. Whoa, heady stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. So you knew about gravity before anybody. <laughs> and he is or was a professor in a New York columbia oh okay, mm, okay. <laughs> while you were there he was the teacher there uh professor? yeah he's still a professor there uh-huh yeah so while you were there he was there as well yeah i mean i didn't take a class with him i took one physics class uh he teaches mostly grad students every once in a while he teaches an undergrad class uh i took a class they called physics for poets yeah <laughs> it's a pretty good title physics right? or poets yeah that's a class yeah that that fulfilled my one of my science requirements uh was your dad disappointed that you didn't take like a real physics no. class with him no not at all He's like I, I i know you you don't want to take real physics class <laughs> <laughs> no i mean he supports like the the whole art thing because i think making it as a physicist is kind of a yeah what? it's equal yeah because i said to him once i was like are you disappointed that i want to act and he was like well uh, he's like i was kind of a gamble that i wanted to be a physicist like that right. it was know. not a practical choice yeah like, there are a lot more famous actors than physicists there you go yeah, yeah. uh ever hear of <laughs> albert einstein right yeah. yeah i said there's more famous actors <laughs> <laughs> but he's really popular so then <laughs> there's been like 10 guys that have played albert einstein over the years my dad can play albert einstein he oh, yeah? looks like albert einstein huh. Read the like the older he gets, I'm like I kind of see a resemblance. It's kind of. Do you think he's he's morphed into Albert Einstein? Maybe, maybe it's role? that. Yeah. He's just he's yeah, he's student. Good. His students weren't taking him serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he has to he has to look like he'll play him in his biopic. <laughs> Who played? When was, was there? A, there must have been a biopic about Albert Einstein. Yeah, or I feel like he was in a. Someone played him in a role in a comedy. Oh um, right, yeah. I should know this. Yeah that that movie it took place in the like 50s. bill and ted's excellent adventure is that the Ooh, one? great no, movie he yeah. wasn't in that though there was no einstein in <laughs> there was no einstein there was napoleon seems, seems there like was joan of arc hmm. yeah they did they should have had some science i loved that movie i was really into medieval history as a kid so the joan of arc part of that movie was my favorite that was one of shakespeare's finest i think mm -hmm. yeah. was shakespeare in bill and ted's he wrote bill and ted right yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Told you, no one's going to fact check this. Yeah, he started Keanu Reeves. It's all because of him that we have Keanu. <laughs> Thank you, William Shakespeare. Yeah, I Thank love Keanu Reeves. Do you? Yeah. All right, well then, no. you're giving me the segue. Uh, Matt brought this up. Your last name is Weinberg. Your first name is Kate. Yes. Catherine. Catherine. Catherine is, Mary. Yeah. Not a very Jewy name. Yeah. Weinberg. Pretty yeah. Jewy. Mm-hmm. How? What's going on here? Um... Yeah, I mean, my well, so my it's funny. Yeah, both my parents were kind of like raised like Catholic. My dad didn't really know his father. It's as simple as that. I mean, he did, but not really. So. Your dad's a Weinberg. Yeah. Okay. So his mom is like, uh, um, his mom is a, or his mom was uh, Irish, Irish Catholic. Mm -hmm. Her dad was Swedish. My mom's Italian. 
Okay, so your dad's a Jew, your mom is a... Yeah, but my dad's really was raised like Catholic. Mm-hmm. His, his aunt was like a nun. Right. Yeah, I mean, but he's not... My parents aren't religious, though. That's the thing. Neither of my parents are religious. They, like, they took me to church, like... We did the church thing for, like, eight years, up until I was eight, and then they were kind of like, yeah, we don't really have time for this. They just <laughs> do Christmas and Easter. Well, I imagine as a physicist, it would be tricky to be a religious person. Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, I, I think my dad would have to s- sit here for this, but I, I feel like there is some... I don't know. Because, you know, they say a lot, a lot of times scientists, they don't believe in God. There are a lot of atheists. Yeah, but I think it's... I don't know if my dad fits in that. Mm-hmm. Or it might just be the fact that, like, it might just... I don't know. I don't know. how. My, I really... Well, I think a lot of parents bring their kids to church or synagogue just to give them some structure and a sense of religion and a sense of something bigger, perhaps help them with the mor- moral teachings. Yeah, but I don't even think that's what my parents were doing it. Like, it's... I don't... It's weird. And they still go to Christmas and Easter Mass. They but do. I don't go anymore. I may, they might just be doing it out of just really like tradition because yeah. they grew up like, you know, doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't really know my dad's spiritual beliefs. And just, did, did they name you Catherine Mary just to, so everyone in the public knew that yeah. you weren't really super Jewy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really wanted to throw that out there. No, actually, it's funny. Well, <laughs> I mean, so my, um, my, da- my, my, my dad's mother, who I, n- I never got to know, um, but her name, she, it, she was Catherine, and that was, like, passed down. Like, her, her, her mother had been Catherine, and, then, and so forth. And then my mom's mom uh, was named Mary, hence the Catherine Mary. Right. But it is, so it's really funny, though. So my grandpa on my mom's side was M- Pasquale Mafucci. Mm. And I think my dad apparently wanted to name my, my, uh, my brother Pasquale. And uh, I, I think of it kind of like sucking up to like my grandpa to be like, oh, yeah, we should name him Pasquale. And my grandpa was like, no, don't do that to him. Yeah. Don't name him well, Pasquale. Also, also the, the, uh, the nickname for Pasquale is Patsy. And that's a terrible name for well, a boy. Yeah. Is that true? Well, well Pat. Y- y- yeah. My, my grandpa was yeah. Pat. But can you imagine like Pasquale Weinberg? That would be the it's weirdest. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pasquale it Weinberg. is. It's genre bending. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weirder than It sounds than like, like Mary a mail Weinberg. order like kitchen supplies. Yeah. Pasquale Weinberg. <laughs> oh, my God. My grandpa <laughs> used to love to send us like the, that, that stuff. Like he would see those infomercials, the, the kitchen supplies from like the the uh from those infomercials yeah he, he would just like send us like, like QVC. Knives. the best one no the best one was he sent us the clap the the clapper yeah remember that so like my mom whenever she would get mad she would kind of she would like yell she was always like yelling at my brother so she'd be like michael and then like the light would be like going on and off in the bedroom <laughs> because she was clapping or just responded to like her, just yelling, her shouting her shouting okay. <laughs> yeah that's i always thought that of the clapper like this will go on and off randomly yeah. i imagine and then we also had the dancing sunflower in the kitchen mm-hmm. i think he also sent us that <laughs> so yeah so growing up your house was just like a museum of qvc uh, yeah. items yeah kind of yeah oh my god what were the other ones there was this like can opener that he sent us once but it just like didn't really work safety can it was called uh-huh what is this safety can i don't remember it was just another can opener <laughs> that they because that's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We need a safety one. Was <laughs> he it, doing it with a sense of humor or like, oh, I'm really helping these people out, making their lives better? I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe there was a sense of humor, but I, he was just like watching... 
TV and he was like, ah, oh, I should send this to Carolyn. You know? It sounds like a, something like he's addicted to buying these items, <laughs> but he doesn't want to keep them all, so he sends them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. I know people that are addicted to shopping and then they, they can't use this stuff, so they feel guilty, so they just give it away. He was like, yeah, I mean, my grandpa, before he, he died when he was like 97, and he was like clearing out his apartment. Yeah, before he died. Yeah, just yeah. to like make life easier for my mom and my uncle. Oh, just, that's very nice of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of. I, I bet a lot of old people do that. Yeah, my parents at this point, they're like, have me and my siblings. Like every time we come over, clear stuff out, clear stuff out. It's like they're like, we're either gonna die or move. So like, let's get it all out now, so we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, oh, so like you're getting your inheritance very slowly. It's not my inheritance. It's my crap from when I was a kid. They're oh, not giving me crap. any of their stuff. I just got to clear out oh. my old stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. They, no, they that would be want- nice. Like, why not? Like. I think that would be a nice thing. If you're getting an inheritance, why wouldn't you get it while the person's still alive so they can see you enjoy it? Exactly. Totally agree with that. I think it's very true. I think the reason they don't do that is because they're not sure how to budget for the rest of their lives yet. Oh, they don't know. Like, I might live another 25 years. I don't want to give it all away. Absolutely. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Because, you know, the life expectancy, now it's 84. It used to be, I don't know, what, 72, 73? Mm-hmm. wait what the life expense in- oh oh they, yeah i thought you just said it. the other way around i was like wait we're going back yeah it's 84 now yeah it did just i think it just for like white people it just went down for the first time ever because like more and more younger people are dying now from like obesity oh, opioid yeah. uh-huh. overdoses so like the first Ooh. time like where like every other like culture color in the country is going up still white just like either leveled off or like dropped like yeah but it shouldn't be a a median average like if a couple kids die it shouldn't bring down the light it's not a couple kids apparently yeah we're all dying for their mistakes yeah wow (laughs) but yeah it's tricky you know if we all retire at 65 and then we live to 99 it's like whoa what are we going to do when we retire that's when i'm my mom's about to retire and Uh it's got me thinking so much about like what i'm doing with my life I have no like pension wise. Yeah, oh, financially, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. My mom's like a my mom's a teacher, a public school teacher. She's been in the system for like thirty years. She's getting that. Uh, she's getting constantly paid for the rest of her life, right? She'll yeah. get some sort of salary. That's crazy to process. Tenure. They call it tenure. No, I don't think it is tenure. That's what that's what you, my that's what you get that keeps you, and like that's what my dad has like oh, at Columbia. Okay. And high school and like other teachers get tenure. I don't know if public school teachers get tenure, okay. or maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, know. I, I uh, worked with a they do. Teacher. Yeah, yeah. And he he worked for he's like fifty five and he's like been teaching since he was in his twenties. So he's done. He's retired and he gets like almost half salary or almost full salary. Since, yeah. But as a, as a performer, you might not want to stop when you're 65. That's what I was going to exactly, say. Exactly, and that's the thing. Yeah, you enjoy what you do. Yeah, you're not going to stop. You just you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You have to. That's a very, yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's why it's nice to make a living off something that you love. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I was just thinking of like when you're no longer able to. Uh, you can, oh. like you know just sit up there on the stage with your oxygen and a wheelchair in your 90s yeah start, start working on your old <laughs> <Yeah>. lady jokes <laughs> yeah that could be a really good act okay i'm getting a little too depressing i gotta start i gotta stop thinking about me like 40 got a years while from now. to go <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be all right i'll just make a ton of money in the time in between i gotta you know i'll be fine i don't know why i'm giving myself a weird jewish yeah. woman accent. i know i thought yeah. about that when i said it i'm like why am i speaking like a whole jewish <laughs> well, you might want you might want to rebrand yourself and really just call yeah. yourself like mrs weinberg yeah mrs Wein- mrs weinberg i don't even have <laughs> my husband somewhere my husband died recently <laughs> call me Catherine. yeah call me Catherine. call me Catherine mary yeah ignore the mary it's not i don't <laughs> even know okay <laughs> so uh you're doing stand-up right mm-hmm. but you're also pursuing acting doing yeah. acting as well and you did some improv too did i see that yeah i mean you, i've done some improv i haven't i mean i've taken like we've all done improv here yeah i've taken some classes it's okay and, you're in a safe place <laughs> yeah am i <laughs> yeah no i uh, no I, I took a do you do not feel like you're in a safe place right now well right here i do okay. but like it's weird it's the whole like talking into the recording yeah even though we're talking into microphones it's no one else is listening. It's just us three here. That's good. Yeah. Okay. No one's. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta remember that. No. Uh. Yeah. I took improv classes. I find improv very uh stressful as an actor and stand. Like I'm a you know obviously a performer, but I find improv like nothing would like those classes for me were like torture because I would sit waiting to go up like and I was like terrified. I was like, oh my god, who am I gonna get paired with? Like, am I gonna like blurt something out that's like crazy? It's like, scary. Right? Right? Yeah. I, I always thought that and I, I like was satisfied that I never did blurt something out. I'm like, I have so much weird <laughs> shit in my head that I don't want anyone to hear except for my close like friends. What? You know, just something like Give me an ro- example. Yeah, tell us. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm just, just blurt it out. Nothing nothing that I haven't shared with you in general, Gary, but just stuff uh, that like you might share with your friends, but you don't want a whole classroom of people right. that don't know you to, you know, just something that like misrepresents you or just something really blue or dark or something like that. And yeah. I'm happy that I never went that far. But maybe that. that would have been the best. Maybe. That probably would have been the best. Maybe. When we maybe let ourselves me go back. there. Maybe. But at the same time, who can blame you for not wanting to go there? <laughs> yeah, it's so scary. I mean, I didn't want to go there. It's so scary. When I first started improv, you know, you pay for it. You pay for the class. Oh, yeah. And I think it was my second or third class at UCB. I actually, like, went all the way from Brooklyn into Manhattan, went to the room, went to the building, and I just was so nervous. I couldn't even go in. Oh, really? I, I walked away. I was tempted to do that so many times. And I, you feel like, an, I feel like such an idiot because I'm like, I paid for this class yeah. and I'm playing hooky on my own money. It's so dumb. Exactly. Yeah. But I was really that nervous. Now, about now it. you know how your parents felt for like, every time you missed a class <laughs> in college or whatever. Exactly. But it is interesting because it is very different from like stand up in the sense well it's also funny whenever you tell people that you you do comedy they're like oh like ucb and like stuff and it's like no stand up well i mean you could obviously do stand up at ucb but like people just assume so many people just assume improv uh-huh. 
Actually, less and less now, though. I mean, stand-up is definitely... I think, it, for, for me at least, because I don't do stand-up, it's the other way. Really? Uh, yeah, I'll be like, oh, I'm an actor, I do some comedy. Oh, like like a stand-up guy? Like, like Louis C.K.? Yeah, what are you, like Louis <laughs> right. C.K.? Like, oh. I mean, maybe and in some, certain ways, but not in that way. And some people <laughs> don't know the difference. Yeah, and it's such a difference. I, I mean... And the two help each other. Like, when I'm yeah. taking improv classes, I, I feel the difference on stage. Mm-hmm. It's, de- it's definitely, like, I find that improv is, just for me, it serves this good purpose of, like, kind of just reshaping how, like, my mind is working for a lot. you know? It's interesting. It just yeah. gets you to think differently. Yeah. Well, it gets you to just trust yourself and not be as nervous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's just, but in, like... <laughs> This like stand up like you're you're alone you're going out there if you if you screw up the only person you're disappointing really is yourself or the producer of the show that you're on but the like audience yeah well your, in the your audience parents right your okay friends. wow I guess a lot of people no but <laughs> but it's just like I your professors at okay. Columbia yeah everyone everyone who ever knew me all my <laughs> friends no uh it, but it's just like it's all on you kind of it feels like and yeah. you prepare and you could like prepare as much as you need to and even though you go off like you, you riff and whatever. Like, it's just, it's the difference of that and, like, being, like, the teamwork. I was never really a good team player. Well, not that I wasn't a good team player. I was just, like, afraid of gym class. I was afraid of sports. Right. Like, I would fake sick to get out of gym as a kid because Mm -hmm. I was afraid of, like, I was actually so shy as a kid that I would be too afraid to try even in gym class. If Like, I I was so shy that I would just freeze up. And anytime you did team stuff or yeah, like, like gym class stuff. Uh huh. Um, and not, uh, yeah, I guess when I was really young, any of it, I froze up in life as a kid. That's why acting was so important. Cause it was the first time that I actually like, it was the first real outlet from my sh- like shyness. I was in 10th grade and I got cast as the four year old Tommy in the musical Tommy. Wow. Lead role. Well, yeah. Oh, four-year-old Tommy. The four-year-old Tommy right. wasn't really... Uh, what what grade was this? Tenth grade. Okay. I, guess I was that's, also... That's old yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I was uh, so happy to have been, like, cast as this four-year-old boy, you know? <laughs> I was a really late bloomer, well, so I, guess, I looked like a four-year-old boy when I, I was 16. Or did you really? 15. Yeah. yeah, kind of. I was, like, really tiny. Uh-huh. So you, you just pretty much came out in the beginning, so your mom's boyfriend kill your dad, and then you were off the stage. Exactly. Right. No, but then I stayed on stage throughout because I was in the dream sequences. Oh, okay, yeah. And I remember, like, my first rehearsal, the... <laughs> the teacher like uh i was once again i was like i was afraid i was in this room full of all these people and i was afraid to even try to act like Mm -hmm. something was holding me back and i remember the uh but somehow for the audition i had like put my all in it so i don't i don't know why it was in that moment but i remember the director she was getting so frustrated she was like um can you act and i was like oh my god so i um she's a really great like teacher like that that moment was a little uh rough but it was so good that she did that because the next like uh uh take no it wasn't take that's not my scene or the next time we went over the scene i like poured like all this like sadness and like so much like emotion into it yeah and i remember like the assistant director this like being like this kid like noam he was like wow that was like really good and uh i was like oh wow this is it this is like this is my thing and like even like performing at the school assembly like all these people who had never even noticed me yeah like there were some like i would even like people like it was like finally like i felt like i was 
expressing myself. Well, I, could, I was thinking that for a shy person, acting is kind of the perfect thing because you're given lines to say. Exactly. It's all planned out for you. You're not yourself. So exactly. A, you can get, literally get out of yourself and be someone else. Yeah. Where improv, they say like, oh, you're shy, do improv. That's like, this, that's going to traumatize someone. Give them lines to say and yeah. then that, bring them out slowly. Yeah. But so they don't blurt out something I, horrifying I, I like what's going I, on in this guy's head. At the same time, if you can get it past you, you see that like it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. Looking like a fool is really not that bad and people forget about it really quickly. And I think that's a, a good lesson in improv. Totally. For, for that's going people. all in though. Yeah. I bet there are a lot of shy improv performers who have overcome that. But <laughs> I mean, I've overcome it too. I mean, with like I'm I don't consider myself shy anymore. Yeah. But it's weird because you always it's kind of like you are like at the heart of it. Like, well, what makes a person shy? Isn't it their ego fear of people thinking that you're yeah shitty or something? It's I think just your it ego. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of like fear of judgment. Fear of judgment. I bartend near where like I, I you know a lot of a lot of kids from my high school will like wander into the bar and I'll be like hey like how are you I'll like know their full names they'll be from like years like above me and I'll like be like how's everyone and they're like who are you and I was like oh right yeah they're like wait little Tommy <laughs> yeah. that's you yeah <laughs> you changed my life with that performance <laughs> right I'm like who, whoever heard of a shy bartender anyway right bart you know bartending actually really helped me to get out of my shell right. Because not being that. shy gives you tips. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole other uh, persona. Sometimes being shy, though, could help. Sometimes if you're just an obnoxious bartender, you get like more... I don't really... I'm a nice bartender. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes... I'll, have you ever walked into a bar and if the bartender's an asshole, have you ever like wanted to like actually tip better to kind of be like, fuck you, I'm actually like... Like I, I'm like I find. I understand that psychology, yeah. but for me, no, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall for that at all. Sometimes I get really frustrated. Like I'm a really good tipper now, like you know, have, like working in that industry. But at the same time, if someone's like b really bad, mm -hmm. and if I could see that it's like, if I'm like looking around and I'm like, wait, you just like suck. Like I would be busting my ass right now if I were in your. Like then I get really mad. Yeah. But the I still can't like not tip them well. I'll just like I'll just tip like just under twenty percent. That will be my punishment to them. <laughs> yeah, Probably well, still like, twenty percent. It's like you're not gonna get my super good tip. I don't know. I get really I get really annoyed though. How long have you been bartending for? Ugh, longer than I I mean since college. Okay. So that helped you get out of your shell as well? Bartending? Totally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good also because it, 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 it helped I mean, being an actor and a comic, I mean, you gotta be a pretty social person. So yeah, it amazes me because I feel like a lot of stand-ups are shy still or socially yeah, awkward. Totally, which I don't quite completely understand yet. How you can be socially awkward and then go up on stage and talk to a room full of people? It's, like it's the natural. same, I think, as what I'm saying with the whole shyness thing. Mm -hmm. Like in high school, oh, because you because they're going through their material and they feel safe in their material. So then you're not like with improv, you really have to make yourself vulnerable. But I mean, stand-ups, I, I think even like shy comics or socially awkward comics could be those comics who will just go off and like riff. There's something about being on stage that just kind of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think part of being shy is the feeling that no one wants to listen to you. But if you're on stage, you're like, yes. they have to. This is my, we have agreed that this is my time, whatever it is, five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, right. and I can talk to these people and they'll listen. Totally. Yeah, yeah right. 100%. 
I think one of the best sets that that I've ever that I ever had, the one that I felt like the best about, not the best, but like really good about, was actually after I got hit by the bike, and I went on stage. I was like, I had um, uh, I had a concussion. I just didn't realize it at the time because my symptoms were delayed, but they were like starting to kick in at that mm-hmm. point. How delayed? Like two days. Okay. So I had a show. I had a show that I produced. So like I couldn't like get out of it. I mean, I could have. I had someone else host it because that would have been too much. But I still showed up to do a set. Yeah. And I remember I was like, I can't just do my normal material. I have to tell the story of what happened. And I remember like being on stage just like all day. I had kind of been like thinking of like funny things that had happened, but my brain was so tired that I would like start to write stuff down. And then I was like, Oh God, I can't deal with this. And then I would go lie down. And was that fatigue concerning you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I realized like soon after, but it wasn't, I mean, I just thought that I was in shock from like the accident. So, but when I was on stage though, no one had seen me since the accident and I posted about it on Facebook. So everyone knew that I had been hit. And I think like that was one moment for me where I felt like, cause sometimes there's this little voice in your head. That's like, do people really want to hear this? You know? Yeah. That was like, in that moment I was a hundred percent like people want to hear this. Mm-hmm. And they were, it was also, since it was my show, it was a lot of people who knew me. Right. So I was like, everyone wants to hear this story. And like, it was just, and I really, it was kind of it was interesting to realize how much of a difference that makes when you f- yeah we did it we did a show together pretty soon after that happened and you did oh, seem yeah. a little off to me that was the first show so then after my show at the broadway dive i started to get really dizzy like i have a like i have a web series well ugh, we have one episode so far we're about to release the second one but it was like it took post production took so long mm-hmm. the guys who shot it were at my my broadway dive show and i whenever i see them i always want to talk about it and they'll be like okay kate can we like not talk about this right now they actually one of them was like whoa we should have like a bike accident episode and they were like getting all enthusiastic about it and i was like oh, can we not talk about this right now yeah and they were like, whoa, something's off with her if yeah. she doesn't want to be talking about this. Yeah. And then I, I went home that like I started to have really crazy vertigo. Um, and yeah. Then, when I saw you, you seemed like I was a little concerned. I had vertigo up until like two or three months ago. That would come. It took a while. Like now I feel 100 percent. You seem fine. I'm 100 percent now. Yeah. For a really long time, I would say I was like 99 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. When I had been hit, I had they had like I, they had taken me to the hospital uh, and like on a stretcher. Uh huh. Okay. Neck so yeah. we're going to talk about the bike accident. Okay. Okay. So who hit you with a bike? A car? A truck? A bus? A car? No, a bike. I was walking. Oh, you were walking. I yeah. thought you were riding. No, I was walking. Oh, a bicyclist hit you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was walking oh. and got hit by a damn bike. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Oh, really shameful thing to admit. I don't even know how to ride a bike. Well, I do. I learned when I was like seven, but I haven't ri- ridden a bike. Do you have a driver's since. license? You don't I don't do. know how to drive either. It's a New Yorker you, thing. Yes. it's a, you, Oh, my God. You're such a New Yorker. You no know, driver's license. Don't even know how to ride a bike. Yeah. Like, I know how to ride the train and walk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's all that matters. I'm bound to this city forever. No, there's Uber now, so I can go other places. <laughs> it's going to be expensive. So that's I even, know. That's even extra insulting that you can't ride a bike and then you are exactly. taken down by one. Exactly. I used to say that on stage, kind of add insult to injury, but then I was just like, 
I was like, it's too embarrassing. Like sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't have the energy to let this world that let this audience know that I don't know how to ride a bike because that's like a whole other tangent. Yeah. Yeah. The pathetic nature of that. So you're walking. Yeah. So I was walking. I ran into a friend. of. Okay. I had, I, I was like super exhausted. I was having one of those nights where I was just coming home and I really just wanted to just go home and relax and, uh, I, I had takeout with me. Like I was ready to just like chill out, kind of do nothing. <laughs> and, and I remember I heard this, like this guy call my name and I was like, what? And then I saw this friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't feel like talking to anyone. So I was like, oh, okay, I gotta say hi now. <laughs> um, I would feel bad if he ever, I never really told him that, but, um, so he was driving. So we parked across the street. So then I went to cross the street to meet him and I looked both ways. Yeah. I had the light. Mm. I swear I had the light and bikers don't care about lights. No, they yeah. don't. And, uh, and so I start walking and then I, and it was nighttime and I, I, I hear this guy yell. He's like, Whoa, get out of the way. And I like see him coming, like speeding towards me uh-huh. so fast and so I, I moved forward, but then he went in that same direction. So uh-huh. then I stepped back and then he went in that direction. And then we were doing that little dance. Yeah. And then suddenly I just felt this, like, it was like seeing stars. My brain, like, I mean, I felt the force in like my body and apparently I went flying. Wow. But in that moment, all it was, I felt the impact in my head. Did your head hit the concrete? No, it didn't. It was just my brain was shaking from the force of getting hit. So then I like, uh, then I came back to consciousness. I mean, it was very quick that I was out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it now, is it happening in slow motion? It's like I've been in car accidents before and every time after it's like, the whole thing is re- in my brain sl- uh, in slow mo. I guess kind of like that. That the me seeing him coming, I probably saw as like way slower than it actually was. Yeah, and your memory—it's like your brain can kind of slow it down and not just your memory in the actual moment, because uh-huh. in those moments you get like time slows down. Yeah, it really—it's kind of amazing. Time is elastic like that. Like we'll get back to the story, but right, sometimes an hour flies by, and sometimes. Oh, yeah. uh, ugh. I was attacked by a cat once too, and in that moment, it was <laughs> super fast. <laughs> no, super slow. Everything uh-huh. was like because you get in this like you're in that moment. You have to be so hyper aware of everything. Like every every move you make, it, it has to be right. So yeah. you're like, I don't know. Um, time slows down, but yeah. So then I like I I was on the ground, then I jumped back up, and I remember thinking I was like, whoa, that was embarrassing for a split second right like that I, was your first thought it's yeah like, I'm embarrassed. that was like my first thought and then it processed what had just happened and my whole like the impact of everything and and i was like oh my god and i get got on the ground and all these people are like running towards me and then i like i and then i knew i was like i need to lie down and be flat on my back right now mm-hmm. so like i just did that and all these people are like circling around my like this one woman was so nice. Uh, she really like took charge. Um, my friend who I had been crossing the street to meet, he like comes over and he was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then he, and then the bike guy is in my face. He was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then he stopped at least. Well, yeah, he also went flying. So he like had to stop, but he's like in my face. He was like, I had the light. I was like, Oh my God. That's literally like the first thing he said in my face. And so he's in my face, but my friend knew him. So I have all these two faces like above me. And this, my friend Sal is like, Hey, what's up? 
Whoa. And I was like, wait, what just happened? How did this? And then this other woman is really like, she was so amazing. Was this all a plot just for them to meet you? Yeah. <laughs> so Imagine. Bizarre. It was so... Was I had the, n- the cat that attacked you yeah. also looking over you as well? the cat came over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> this crazy cat. Oh, my God. I would have had a panic attack if I saw that cat again. Like, I, re- I literally... I don't think I would have survived that moment. And then the, the, the play director's like, Tommy, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm thinking of uh, Tommy. This. Oh, my God. See me. <laughs> That's that was your first thought. Feel me, touch me. Okay. Um, who's Tommy? It's great. Um, yeah. So like everyone's above me, and all, and a few strangers are like getting in my face. And you know when you like see these things happen as an observer, and there's always someone who's like, give them room to breathe, right. give them air. I actually really understood that because yeah, yeah. it was like overbearing. I wanted the bike guy to get out of my face because you're at, angry at him. I had anger towards him yeah. and he was apologetic, which I obviously appreciate and I understand that it was but I had this like real anger and he was like grabbing my hand and this woman was like, what do you need? I mean sh- people were calling the cops like the 911 but she was like, what do you and I wanted to be like, I want this guy to get the fuck away from me um, my friend Sal though, I was holding his hand and I think, I, well I feel really bad about this but at one point I turned to him and I was like, if only I had I didn't run into you. You said that too. <laughs> I, can't believe I, said that. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. And then, but I was so scared. Oh, and then my. So everyone was like, "Oh my god, her takeout! They're like her groceries. They're all over the place. Like everyone was like." And then my passport flew out of my bag because uh-huh. I don't know how to drive. So like people were That's like, "Oh my idea. god, her passport." I've been like afraid of identity theft and like using my losing my passport for years. And in this moment, like it flew out and everyone was like, oh, my God, you shouldn't walk around with this in your bag. And I was like, I know. Were people grabbing this stuff and rounding it up? They were like this one woman. She was like, we have your passport. It's all right. And Sal was like, I'm going to take your groceries. They're not going to go to waste. I was like, I don't (laughs) really care about the strawberries. I don't care about it. No, it was so nice. (laughs) He actually did deliver the he he brought the the groceries to me. Um but yes, yeah, so then like the, I mean, I was so terrified. I like, I was moving my legs, but, and yet I still thought that I might've like <laughs> in my head, I was like, Oh my God, what if I'm paralyzed? But I was like moving my legs. So you, obviously you're kind of checking like what's broken. Yeah, yeah. I was checking. I had, and, and then this one woman was looking over me and she was like, like my head was on my purse and she was like, Oh my God, she should not be lying like this. And, and this woman, other woman was like, well, 911 said her to leave her as is because and then this woman was like well i went to nursing school and this isn't right you know her head should not be on that purse and it's like yeah well when you went to nursing school but you're not a nurse like, right shut the fuck up yeah yeah but <laughs> what happened <laughs> <You> yeah <failed>? yeah <laughs> you failed out of it no but then so then the, the fire department came and they like you know they got me on the gurney mm-hmm. and then um and then like the ems came and like this woman was so nice she was like i don't want to leave her i don't like she went into the ambulance with me for a second oh wow yeah and she was i was like who are you like how will i find you she's like i work at the grand she like this uh this restaurant and i was like okay i'm gonna find you and thank you she wanted closure for the whole situation yeah i mean and did you go back to her i did i did two days later she had quit what (laughs) yeah was that like her like life was, moment? She was like, I've seen that life is fragile. I'm leaving the yeah. grand. Maybe it was. Maybe that was her moment. She quit. She walked out on the street and got hit by a car. No. I left my phone number, though. And I think, 
I had some missed calls from an, a number. Like, I think she might have tried to call me. I like I like to think that she had. But, yeah, I never <laughs> spoke with her again. But I, uh, so I went. Uh, hey, at least you outlived her. I outlived. Yeah. No, don't say that. Oh, my God. It would have been weirder if you, like, hallucinated the whole thing. Like, you went in there, like, I'm, I'm looking for Joan. I'm like, Joan died 20 years ago. <laughs> Who's Joan? Oh, my God, it was her, her ghost. I mean, yeah. Her ghost got me through this. Yeah, no, she was amazing. Yeah. I remember I was like freaking out in the ambulance and I was like crying and I was like holding hands with like one of like the paramedics and one guy was like, do you have medication? <laughs> he was like, do you have your like anxiety meds? I was like, no. Well, why did he assume you had anxiety? Exactly. Yeah. Cause I was freaking out after a traumatic situation, but I was, I was like, no, I don't like, I don't, I don't like those meds. And he was like, you don't take what was prescribed to you. I'm like, wait, no, I wasn't prescribed anything. What are you talking about? It was so bizarre. This is a medic that's saying this. This to was you. a medic. I was thinking about this recently. How yeah. like I was having a completely human reaction to, to the shock of that. I was in shock. I had almost my brain had just shook. It would have been insane if I hadn't been like freaked out. Right. Well, it's scary. Also, it's like he has. He thinks you're someone else that is prescribed something, and he's going to give it to you. And you're like, no, I I'm not that person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he just assumed based on how I was acting that I had an anxiety problem, but it was, it was super, yeah. The other guy was super nice. Actually, yeah, the other guy, um, the other paramedic was like, I was taught, he was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a comic. And he was like, well, I guess you're going to get a lot of material out of this. I was like, yeah. And then he was like, I've thought about doing comedy. And I was like, you have a very funny vibe about you. (laughs) I I think I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, you, you should give it a try. Yeah. And then he got me, brought me to the hospital. The security guards at the hospital were very nice because I remember I was waiting. I had to like call like I still remember feeling like apologetic to like call people. Mm. A part of me was like, no, I shouldn't bother this person. No, I shouldn't bother them. And then I was like new to Astoria, so I didn't want to call anyone who wasn't in Astoria. So I then called my roommate, and uh-huh. she came with her boyfriend, but they were like hours away. Because they, they couldn't just release you on your own recognizance? No, I was in the hospital for like five hours, I think. Okay. Six hours. It's cu- like they want to observe you to make sure your brain's all right. Yeah, because now I hear stories like internal brain bleeding and people die, you know? Yeah, they, they, they had to keep me there for a while. And they gave me a CAT scan to check for that brain bleeding. And, and I guess the concussion... Well, the CAT scan came out fine. Mm-hmm. But I did have the concussion, which... <laughs> God, my experience at that hospital was kind of awful. The doctor was, I mean, my arm really hurt. I, I, I kept saying, I was like, my arm really hurts. The other crazy thing in that, in the ambulance, I was so freaked out by the whole thing. I remember thinking if I get a broken arm out of this, that'd be great. Right. Like I'll be so happy yeah. with just like a broken arm really like kind of puts things in perspective. But he was like, yeah, well, he did an x-ray and he was like, your arm's not broken. Um, but your brain it's fucked no he was like (laughs) your brain's fine he was like from the the cat scan he was like it's all fine so then when he released me i remember getting up from the stretcher and i was so dizzy like the world was spinning and he was just standing over me and he was like do you want nausea medication i was like am i okay are you sure i'm okay to leave he's like yeah you're fine and then he told me to use my arm as much as possible yeah so I'm like, I go home, I'm like, 
you know, I, I'm about to go to sleep. I, I slept for two hours. I woke because I had posted something on Facebook. I had posted a photo of myself mm-hmm. from the um, hospital bed. So I went to bed at like 5 a.m. that night. I woke up at 7 a.m. to a million Facebook notifications. Yeah. And that kept me awake all day. Right. Which is probably really good because everyone talks about how you shouldn't sleep mm-hmm. after a concussion. But I stayed awake all day, like in the shock of it. Um. Then the next morning, I get a phone call from the hospital, and they're like, yeah, we were reviewing your x-ray, and it looks like you have a fracture in your arm, so you should come back to the hospital. So I went back to the hospital, and they gave me a number to call to an orthopedist. Uh-huh. So I called that number when I got home, and they were Don't like... Don't answer. <laughs> this they, is the grand. <laughs> yeah, this is the grand. Uh, do you want to speak to Joanna? Yeah. No, they were like, okay, so yeah, we'll set up an appointment. Um... I went to give them my insurance info and they were like, it's amazing that I had insurance. And they were like, oh, we, we can't take that because you got hit. So we have to have the info of the guy who hit you. I didn't have the police report yet. Right. So I didn't have his info. And I was like, well, my, so it's like a car accident. His insurance will pay for your, yeah, his, his quote unquote insurance. You don't get insurance if you have a bike. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? Like, I, my insurance will pay. They're like, no, it won't. It's our protocol. We can't. They were like, you could set up an appointment if you're willing to pay out of pocket, but we can't set this appointment up without his info if you don't want to pay. Right. So I was like, okay, fuck this. So I hung up the phone. At that same time, when was this? I made this phone call the day after my Broadway dive show. I remember I made, yeah, I made this phone call the day after my Broadway dive show. So I was, I was already starting to feel the dizziness. Mm-hmm. Like every time I lay down, the world was spinning. So I was so frustrated by that. I was like, wait, what? Like, how am I going to see an orthopedist? And then I like was lying down and I, I was freaking out because something was wrong with my head. And then I like, I, and they were painting over the water damage in my bedroom. Oh, so, same, got, so paint fumes, that's great. Well, I wasn't sleeping in my room because it smelled so bad, so I was actually sleeping in my roommate's bed. Mm-hmm. I don't, we had only been living together for like two weeks at this point. I mean, I knew her. Uh, we were friends, but so I was sleeping in her bed. I was like losing my mind, like literally. I Isn't felt like brain damage really scary? You know, terrifying. Like, I was so, so scared. Yeah. So then I called my parents and they, my dad was like, I think you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess he was like, no, you really like, you should go. Like he started to get worried. He was like, you should like go to the hospital now. Right. Um, well, cause you might not have been speaking properly. You know, you might've been like, I was little... getting really, I was really obnoxious to my parents. Well, not obnoxious, but I was getting very fussy. Like I was on the phone with them. Like, and my mom was like, you got to work out this arm situation. I was like, mom, I can't really deal with this right now. Like I was getting, I was acting like a little brat. Well, because... you also only slept two hours too. Yeah. Well, that this was actually two days later. Mm. Oh, okay. This was, yeah, I had, it's all, yeah, it got like, this was, yeah, I, I had gotten a full night's sleep at this point, but, uh, cause I had gone to the hospital. They had told me to call the orthopedist. I didn't, I did my Broadway dive show. I went to bed that night and then I woke up to call the orthopedist and they told me all this. And then I, st- and then, so I went, I walked to the hospital. <laughs> they took another CAT scan. The doctor was like, I waited for six hours mm-hmm. to get seen. And I remember feeling like I was being melodramatic. I remember sitting there and I was like, God, I'm just dizzy. It's not a big deal. 
and then the doctor was like okay so we're gonna check for uh brain bleeding you know just to make sure that's the thing that kills people and yeah. they don't know it yeah he was like we're gonna make sure that there's not a slow leak going wasn't on wasn't it sonny bono that died that way he hit a tree a and skiing was, accident yeah yeah but it was a brain like <sighs> he thought he was fine and then all of a sudden it oh was my god internal bleeding it's so scary it's so scary well so they because you said your reactions were delayed like you didn't feel mm-hmm. it for two days but your brain i mean it didn't happen thank goodness yeah but your brain could have been bleeding and you could have just and my doctor had prescribed me ibuprofen for my elbow which uh-huh. i fortunately didn't fill that prescription because my arm i don't know i'm weird with pain like it hurt but i was like i didn't feel like going to a pharmacy and i you're, you're not the kind of person that jumps at taking meds for stuff i mean if it were vicodin that'd be uh, that was the other thing <laughs> that was the other thing i said in the ambulance i was like oh i'm gonna get some vicodin they probably took note of that because the doctor yeah. was like uh yeah ibuprofen and uh you're like not even codeine Come yeah on. i know <laughs> but uh yeah so i read though that if you take ibuprofen after a concussion that could cause brain bleeding oh wow yeah yeah Fucking ridiculous so anyway so th- this doctor he took the cat scan he was like we we don't see anything but y- you have a concussion you, uh-huh. you and i was like well what do i do with this and he because a lot of concussions don't show up on cat scans and he said he was like well um don't do any he was like drink lots of water and uh don't do any difficult tasks like don't use your brain that's going to stress your brain yeah i was like yeah that was all he said i was like wait what do you mean he was like yeah because you know you might like be doing something some math or something and then you'll mess up that was what he said and then he gave me a sheet of paper sent me home i didn't mm-hmm. read the sheet of paper because i wasn't in a state to read anything right and i'm like i'm still trying to function like the next day i'm like trying to do stuff um i mean i wasn't working or anything uh, and i wasn't doing comedy but Good i was you didn't have to do your taxes god yeah oh my god that would have been a mess no but i uh i remember thinking like i had a show the next day and i was like i could do the show and then day of i remember canceling i was like yeah i just got hit by a bike i don't think i could do this like they were like yeah of course like i was like i have a concussion and they were like yeah totally don't well i know but when when i saw you recently it was two weeks after that it was two weeks after after i saw you i mean when i saw you or it was like three weeks after i had spent so i because it seemed like you could have like either started. I was like wondering if you're going to start talking, speaking in tongues. Really, like, I was you're that- talking to me, and then I'm like, like there's something a little off. I was yeah. And I'm like, like you could have just be talking a sentence. I was already. It was. It was. To- it was so weird. I can- so for those few days, I was trying to function, and then my body, my brain was like stopping me. And then I, I talked with my a friend of mine whose husband. He had a friend who was a doctor and he was like really worried about me and he reached out to his friend and they they texted me exactly what his doctor friend had told them which was you need 24 hours of brain rest which is like nothing no talking no texting no TV no music no, no TV. anything just brain rest just being in a dark room basically But wow. isn't that the most stressful thing it's like meditating cuz you take out all the stimulation It was pretty much just like sleep but mm-hmm. it, it was like the, your brain can't handle stimulation right now. It needs to heal. Because I find television to be the like not like great TV, but like you know real bad TV is the only thing that shuts my brain off. But you're ta- you're taking stuff in, you don't realize it. Uh-huh. So and then it was like then what it said was every day increase brain activity by 15 minutes and then a little more. So I that was an it was a crazy time. Like mm-hmm. I lying in bed, there was one day I rem- a couple days where. I, I was getting bored from doing nothing. I started going back and thinking of like childhood memories. And I was almost doing that to just entertain me because I had nothing. 
like one time I was tracing my elementary school. I was like walking through the halls and it almost felt like I was rewiring my brain. I don't know. That could be me being crazy, but like, it felt like my brain was just like resetting and I was putting back these memories or like, I don't know. And I had this routine. I was like, I would like be in bed all day. I would maybe call my parents, talk to them for like five minutes, go back to sleep. Uh, I would, I, well, I would wake up. I would have leftovers seamless from the night before. Then I would go to sleep. Then I would have more leftovers for lunch. And then around like seven, I would go into the living room and I would look at my phone. And this was like really a challenge. And I would order dinner. I would order seamless. And then, and I had to like cover like the cable box. Cause even that light was like upsetting me. Yeah. And I just like sat there and I would eat some food I would maybe talk to someone briefly on the phone mm. and then I would go back to sleep. And I did that for like three weeks, like slowly increasing though, like my time, like on my phone or talking to people. It's almost like, well, the brain is technically a muscle. Yeah. The brain's a muscle. So you're kind of resting the muscle, then slowly using it's like uh, ther- uh what do they call it? Muscle therapy or yeah. physical therapy. Physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. I guess I had a bad concussion, though. I think my brain needs a rest. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good thing to experiment with. I've talked to some people who have had concussions, and they kind of seemed to it wasn't as big of a deal for them. And then obviously, some people get really bad concussions. Maybe I had somewhere in the middle. But yeah, uh, I would imagine that they span the gamut. Yeah, of light and heavy. And this again, you never actually directly hit your head on no. anything. It was just getting hit by the bike just rattled your totally. your brain around your skull, and that caused the concussion. Wow. Yeah. It was uh it was scary and it, it's also been frustrating in the in the months past people who have had concussions actually have been really understanding of how it can take time. One guy I talked to actually at the police station when I got the police report. Yeah, and then here's what happened with the arm thing. I never went to an orthopedist because I was too my head was too bothered to even deal with that. Yeah. Um, that it kind of like I was wearing a sling and at one point I was like fuck this and I just took the sling off and I just started my using my arm and it still has some like it still is kind of screwed up like i don't know it's frustrating but my my my, so my do we need to break it and reset it right yeah now? maybe let's do it right now right here <laughs> on the table break it yeah no get a hammer no uh i have a hammer should we do it <laughs> hammer and a towel that should take yeah care of it. should that should do it yeah that's all i need no pain medication. That's uh, American health insurance yep, right there. Right there. No, but my insurance paid. <laughs> it did. It was going to pay. Yeah. So, oh my God, I was so mad. The whole system screwed. It was so frustrating. I could have... And, and your friend Sal knows the biker guy. Yeah. Have you had any contact with the biker guy since? I ran into him at a bar. You ran... Wow. Now it's your I turn. think he was about to like... Yeah, I know. I should have run into him with a car, but <laughs> I don't does. know how to drive. Even better. Uber. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate yeah. Uber. <laughs> Tell the Uber, no, drive into him right now. Oh my God, wouldn't that be an insane Uber? Set destination sales friend. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Set destination murder. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. That's, that's like a really interesting idea for... I don't know. It's kind of a horror film. Murder by Uber. Uh, yeah, <laughs> murder by Uber. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, hiring yeah you could uber a hitman <laughs> well, soon yeah maybe oh my god so you ran into this guy in a bar and yeah did, did you re- you recognize him right away 
Yeah. Wow. He was. I think he was like about to hit on me or something. He was like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey." And you're like, "Haven't you hit on me enough?" <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, he was like, "Do I know you?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, you hit me with your bike." And he was like, "Whoa, that was you." And then he was like, "Whoa, we need to talk." And he almost got like hostile towards uh, me. Why? I was. He was just getting really defensive. You I, made my insurance rates go up. Yeah. Is that what he, he doesn't said? even have insurance. My insurance paid. Okay. His didn't. Uh huh. Wow. Because he didn't have insurance. Some, yeah I, I was like look man i'm not gonna sue you and yeah. he was i think he had thought that i had kind of i thought that i was going to have to if my insurance didn't pay so right. i guess somehow that had gone back to him must have been sal, sal. yeah sal he was like well wait i thought you were and i was like no i should have but no i'm not mm-hmm. it got me i don't know it was a really weird exchange and then he i was like trying to be nice but it was so like he was attacking he was like i had the light and then i was like no you didn't and you know what even if he did i could have been a kid i could have been an old woman i could have been someone who had just fallen if you're gonna be speeding down like it was 30th avenue in queens pretty busy avenue like you can't be speeding down at night with no lights on your bike yeah i'm sure he's breaking the law oh my god yeah totally running into him i've been attacked before oh Oh, yeah. Wait. Did I tell you the story? I've told the story on the podcast before, but I had a stalker. I've had two stalkers in my life. One female, one male. So the male, like, physically attacked me in the street. Oh, my God. And then the next time I saw him, like, I had, like, so much. It was almost traumatic. Like, I had just rage. Mm -hmm. And I still feel worried if I see him again, I might just snap. Yeah. Like, I'm concerned about running into this guy because I'm afraid what I'll do. Did you have any of that when you ran into him? Like, kind of. Wanted and to choke him? Yeah. And it's interesting because in this guy's case, it's not like he purposefully hit me. You know, it was an accident. So I had all these conflicting emotions, but I was also mad that he had been going so fast and is so irresponsible. I have a lot of rage towards bikers now. Mm. Like for a long time, it was really hard for me to cross the street, which was frustrating because I'm a born and raised New Yorker. I have like, I get in the flow yeah. of the city. Like I kind of have that down and I'm still, I'm not afraid of cars. I feel like there's a way, there's some, it feels like there's almost like control with cars. You see them coming. Um, they have lights at night. Yeah. They're bigger. Yeah. And with bikes, like for the longest time, it's a little less now, but I definitely still have these. I want to, I want to curse bikers out. If they're going fast, yeah. if they, if they turn a corner and if they're right in front of me, like I, I, I recently did curse at a biker cause I was crossing the street and there was a truck parked. So I was like, this biker then comes turning. He hadn't been able to see me and he just barely like missed me and he hadn't been going that fast so mm-hmm. he was in control enough to be able to stop but i was still like what the fuck like and i said it loud i, I was like jesus fucking christ yeah i was like one guy was like on a uh, soon after the accident was like riding his bike on the sidewalk and i had my headphones in and i mumbled i thought i said it quieter but since i had music in i didn't realize that i was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and he turned to me and he was like and i was like I think I might have yelled out, like, look, I just got hit by one of you guys. Right. But I have, like, so much, like, rage now towards... All bikers. Yeah. And there's, like, this war between bikers and, like, the rest of the city. Mm -hmm. Because we're following these rules. 
we're fo- like cars and pedestrians. Granted, and, and car actually bikers people- are like the LGBTQ of uh, roadways. What? Like, they, 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 like <laughs> we want more lanes. Uh, Gary, our, our phones are lighting up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about this direction. I don't know if I agree. Uh, LGBTQ, they deserve their rights, and I don't know about I don't know about the bikers though. No, because the bikers, the the rights that the bikers are demanding are to not follow rules. Like, well, right, well they feel like renegades because they feel like they should have more rules. Like, they should have more lanes and. But those aren't. But they don't want it. But they still. I still like if I'm if I have the light and I see a biker coming, I'll wait and I'll just wait for them to j- like to just right. go past the light. Right. More often than not, that's what happens. Every once in a while, I have a bike that stops and looks at me like a crazy person for having yeah. waited for him. But I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know what to expect from you guys. I. uh have you, but have to be you, fair, pedestrians can be really frustrating, mm-hmm, and I will say yeah. that we can be all over the place for sure. Humans in general, no matter what their mode of transport, can be very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're we're a mess, but yeah. we're not going to kill anyone with our. No, but we could if, if we come out of nowhere and and if a if a car or biker is unprepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, years ago, my uh, roommate John, he was just having one of those shitty days where you just like want to get into a fight, kind of you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a biker was coming like a messenger. And just like yelling at people to get it away, he just braced himself and took it, and the biker went flying. Whoa! Yeah. I mean, he was a young guy; he was in shape, and he can—he was a little nuts too. But wait, a biker was yelling at him to get out of like, the way. You know, like like people were like crossing, and and you know they had their right to cross, and the guy was just like whatever, whistling or you know like hey, you know, and John had to ride away, and he just stood, braced himself, and took it. What? Yeah. That's psychotic. He could have Yeah, no, 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 no. John, if you're listening, which you're probably not, I love Uh you, but we all know you take weird risks. He could have been, like, brain dead. Yeah. Yeah. But he he was also a guy that, like, I I used to play music, and he used to dance around our shows and pull, like, pour candle wax on his testicles. Oh, my God. So he's, he's like, a masochist. Yeah, yeah. So You know what? Tell John, you know what works good if we want to go out and mess with bicyclists? (laughs) You take a stick, and you stick it right in their wheels and the spokes. They go, Amazing. If they're driving and they stick it in the front, they just go whoop them, flip oh right over. Oh my god, they on their deserve head. it. No, I don't want to hate bikers too much, but uh, even with their lanes, even when I'm crossing a bike lane, they're still crossing the light. Yeah. It's like you got your lane, follow the light rules. Yeah. Like, there are, I'm so, I have so much rage towards do, bikers. Do you, have you ever been to a therapist? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> have you spoken about this? I started with, so I go to uh, these uh, students at a teacher's college. It's great. You see student therapists. Yeah, $20. It's amazing. And Uh they're great. Like they're still, um, some are better than others, but uh, no, they're great. And my current therapist, our first session, he called me to set up an appointment because what happens is with the students, obviously, once they're done, you have to move on. So it was was early September. I was about to meet my new therapist. Mm -hmm. He called me to set up an appointment when I was in bed concussed. He's like, hi, can you buy me alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) How old are these kid therapists? 19? No, no, no. They're like grad students. (laughs) I I wasn't following the joke. When you're an undergrad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like 30. And a lot of them have been practicing. He has his own practice. Yeah, Gary, I was like, wait, I don't get it. Am I the one who needs to get the alcohol bought? Because I'm concussed. No, but uh, it was the first thing we talked about. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. And I, it was, I was, what got me really emotional, I remember in that session, those couple of sessions was talk, I got really, 
I started to cry and get really emotional when I thought of the strangers who were there for me. Like out of uh, empathy? Yeah, them? it was so surreal. Like, like thinking about that woman, especially mm-hmm. who, I mean, or everyone who was kind of, who was there, like, and even like the paramedics. Yeah, you brought that, you brought out the human feelings in everybody. Yeah, I mean, I guess the paramedics were just doing their jobs, but like the one who was like holding my hand, like, mm-hmm. they were, it was like so, it was like so emotional just, yeah, thinking about how like. People really care underneath their hard New York surface. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like what everyone was saying after 9-11. I was here for that. But like everyone was like, New Yorkers are so nice now. It's like, yeah, we've been nice this whole time, but we just, we live our lives. Right. But then in these like, you know, someone sees someone get hit by a bike and like, well, a lot of New Yorkers just move past. And I got to admit, if I, when I see stuff like that, if there's a whole crowd around, a lot of times if I see that it's being taken care of, you just walk on. Yeah. I walk on because it's like, I'm not going to add something here unless I'm like a registered nurse and I know how to like, or a doctor or a and, nursing school flunky. Yeah. Or a nursing school flunky <laughs> to just get annoyed. And, and even after my experience, I would still do that because I would know it, it, it was a little overwhelming to have so many people. Right. But those people who instantly, that woman who ran there, called the cops immediately, got like right by me and was like holding my hand and was like, what do you need? Like, that's kind of like a pretty special kind of person. It could have gone the other way. I mean, that could have happened and people could have been like having a mad dash to grab your groceries, grab oh my your God, my passport. Oh my God, my passport. passport. Imagine everyone just descended on all these things. And <laughs> yeah, ran. like strawberries. Whoa, like little <laughs> pork <push> sliders. <laughs> Fried pickles. I, I had, I, it was such an odd takeout. Sorry, I got to grab your pillow. I know it's your purse, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, damn it. Oh my God, the thought of my head just like smashing the ground at that moment. Yeah, yeah but I could... Well, the way you're talking about this and your eyes are watering up, which is a sign of emotion. It's Wait, like, really? That might be a sign of a... Uh, sleep deprivation no not that I was- uh, it's, it's tr- <laughs> obviously a traumatic situation yeah yeah i mean me too when i was talking about the guy that attacked me i mean I, yeah i felt i still haven't quite worked it out yeah it's a lot i ran into the guy who hit me again a second time and we didn't really talk mm-hmm did you feel a rage again the second time? Kind Hopefully of. Less? Well, you, you, don't feel, you don't feel like he truly apologized for it every time he wants to make yeah. sure that you're not going to sue him or like, you know, he's quick to say. I had the light. I had the, yeah. He might as well being like, you know, like I didn't say anything misre- misrepresenting my male gender towards a woman or, you know, just like yeah. kind of like making sure all his bases are covered that he's exactly not, you know, yeah. so defensive. I, and it also bothered me that he didn't recognize me. Right. Because he had been standing over me, and I recognized him, and I had been looking up at him. And you were the one that was hit. Yeah. My brain had just shook, and I instantly knew mm-hmm. who he was. So it got me thinking. I was like, oh, had he been, had he been drinking? Like, I hadn't mm. even thought about that, but it got me really mad. I was like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. He's going to be the next guy Yeah, your next show. He's going to be the one giving you the light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got the light. Oh, yeah, minute. I have the light. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. It's weird you keep running into this guy. Oh, it's the story. We live in the same neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad. Everyone was like, oh, you should have sued him. And I, I actually did talk to a couple lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, there's no point. They were like, your insurance is paying for it. Uh, it's like, yes, you didn't, I didn't work for like two weeks. So I lost money from that. And obviously, co-pays and deductibles. But they were like... It's just they were like, yeah, you can go to like small claims court, but they were like, it's he. They were like, does he even have money? Like, is it even worth it? Right. Because then, how could you sue him if he has no money? 
Yeah. So Future I just, earnings? Is that how it works? I don't know. I just didn't want to deal with it. You can get his bike, but then you can't ride it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think his hand got a little fucked up from it. He told me he was like, yeah, my hand's really screwed up, but I couldn't go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it definitely, he had a... Well, his hand is screwed up from pointing the finger at others. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And That's you, deep. <laughs> was the medic right? Did you get a lot of material out of this? Yeah, well, at your show, so your show was the first show I did after, the, well, other than my Broadway dive show when I was concussed, but uh, your show was the first one, and uh, I think, like, uh, yeah, I'm still getting material out of it, because, like, now, recently I've been thinking about that thing with the paramedics wanting to give me, like, anxiety medication. You're also still emotional about it, and, you know, they say, like, uh, you have to let some of the emotion pass from a situation to really mine the comedy out of it. Have you heard that theory? Yeah. I mean, that's like an acting thing, too. Is it really? Yeah. Like, one of the methods uh, is... God, it's been a while since I took an acting class. Stroudsburg? I think it's like... Oh, my God. This is really embarrassing. I think it's Stroudsburg, where emotional... Like... uh, My God. Wow. I've been doing too much... I feel feel like that sometimes. Like, if I'm feeling something, like I want to talk about something, I'm emotionally fueled by it. And then if I try it on stage... It's like, oh, it's coming off as emotional and not... Comedic. Yeah. Yeah, like there's this exercise where in this acting class I took where he had us, he would have us t- think of something seven that happened either like at least seven years ago. Right. And we would use that for our emotional response. And you mine that emotion for the yeah. situation that you're in. Yeah. But it's, but it's seven years ago, so it's not like fresh emotion. But I, I don't know. I In high school, I remember when I did the Laramie Project, I used something. I just instinctually used something that had just happened to me a year ago to evoke like sadness. And it, I mean, I don't know. Acting yeah, classes are really sense. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I mean, all art, it's going to be your unique way of right. bringing it out and performing it. So exactly. I think these exercises are just a, a starting place. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's bad. Like they're really, yeah, they're, they're good. Like they're very, they're great. But at the end of the day, you have to trust your own instincts. Mm-hmm. You use what you need of them and then you just, but if, if something is working for you, it's working. So yeah. that's, what's so great about stand up. Because there are very few stand-up classes. Pretty much the stand-up classes are just doing it, going to open mics. So everyone's just kind of learning what works for them. Yeah. I mean, you could learn how to write a joke, mm-hmm. you know, like the the premise and punchline. But yeah, it's, it is one of the few things where you just kind of have to do it and do it in public and yeah. just keep doing it. And it's unique to you. Like, it's kind of great for that. Like, mm-hmm. when you think about how rare that is. Yeah, and I feel like the improv background has really helped because it kind of loosens you up to be improvisational and looser and not stick to the script so much. Yeah. Trust yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. Did you do improv before stand-up? Yeah, to, for acting. Like, I took cl- improv classes for acting. I think I that's better. Yeah. To get that foundation first. But I don't know if... I don't think I would say, though. I think my solo performance class and acting helped my stand-up more than improv did. Just in terms of, like, stage presence. Yeah. And, I mean, the solo performance in that, like, being alone on stage. Right. So, what's next? Are you going to do another solo show? Actually... 
Yeah, I do have. It's uh, called Bike Messenger. Bike Messenger, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when I was concussed, like lying in bed, I was thinking of all these ideas, and I was like, I'll do a solo show about the bike. I'll do. I was like getting all like I was. Yeah, I was thinking of all these things that I needed to do. I was like, and I was worried that I my IQ had gone down. I was like, well, even if I'm dumber, if I could change my <laughs> attitude and if I could be really positive and work hard, it will be like. I don't know. I was like crazy for those few weeks. Um, yeah, I have a couple. I do want to do a couple more solo shows. I have one. It's pretty personal. I don't, I, one idea. I don't want to talk. It's very. I don't like talking about stuff if it's like so brand new. Yeah. But then I have another idea down the road. I kind of want to do a solo show one day about like all my bar customers. There but must it, be so much. In yeah. That. The only challenge there is I wouldn't want to do anything that's too revealing about other people's lives. So it's like, how do you craft it? So it's, it's inspired by these people, but it's not, yeah, I don't know. Don't you just change the names to, yeah. Them? I'll just, yeah. I, I mean, I would change names. Yeah. Change the name, change a couple facts, a couple mannerisms, yeah. some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One day, one day I'll do that. That's for later, because that's when that's for when I don't need my bar job. <laughs> yes, because it would be weird to do that when I'm working at the bar. Um, do your patrons come see your stand up? Yeah, the, totally. The, wor- the worlds combine sometimes. Totally. Well, I work. I work like five. I I work at the sister bar. So one of the shows that I produce is at the sister bar for where I work. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's, so I did that show once. Yeah. And that's not where you work. No, it's five blocks away. Yeah. So like promoting that show is a large part of that is telling people at work. Right. Yeah, it's really useful. But is, bar customers are some are some really good uh they could be some really good loyal uh audience members. Mm-hmm. They're great. Um it's also weird when I was a brand new bartender, I found people's stories way more interesting. So I took it all. I took it in. Like I really like took note of it. Now people talk to me, and I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. It's why because the story starts to repeat, or you're just jaded with your job. I guess a little jaded. Maybe it's also just getting older. <laughs> I don't know. The stories need to be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, right? It's be like really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I met a wrestler on Sunday, which was pretty cool. Mm. Professional wrestler. He has one leg. Chris Melendez he's like he's gonna like he's gonna be like a big wrestler I think a lot of people who are wrestling fans probably already know him but he was in the war lost his leg when he was super young and then he wanted to fulfill his dream of being a wrestler and so he I mean he so every once in a while you have you meet these people at the bar where they still really like get your like you're you're really engaged by them and so his story was pretty inspiring he was just talking to me about like how people after they like they'll they'll message him from their hospital beds and they'll be like you really inspire me and he's a so he's a war veteran he's a war veteran yeah iraq war Mm -hmm. okay and he's a one-legged wrestler one-legged wrestler would he want to do the podcast do this podcast he sounds like he'd be great Um, i want to talk to this guy yeah i could reach out to him i'm friends with him on instagram i could give him send him an instagram message he's like real i don't i mean he has agents like he so i don't i don't know like okay He's yeah. not a scary guy. It's not like I don't want him in my space. Oh, no. Right? He's like super nice. Okay. Okay, cool. I yeah, just we'll talk about it off mics, but he sounds like he'd be a great guest. Yeah, he, I'm sure. He would be like, you could look him up. Like, One-legged wrestler war veteran? Come it's on. insane. I was watching some of his videos. It's amazing. Wrestling? Yeah. He, like what he's like doing, because he takes out the prosthetic for right. the wrestling. 
And does he hit the other person with the prosthetic? He's doing, yeah. <laughs> That's such a wrestling move. Yeah, you know. Just, no, he like throws the prosthetic off and he's like jumping in the air and like kicking people with his one leg. Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, it's almost disarming to your opponent because you're like, what What do I do? Oh my God. And yeah. you just probably just get paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And a lot of these, like, the stories they use in wrestling are, like, not, for the people are, like, not real, you know? But oh, his yeah. story is real. Right. Yeah. What a, like, I bet he'll be, like, I bet he's going to be, like, a huge name. I mean, I'm not, I don't really follow wrestling, but yeah. I, I bet for people who follow wrestling a year or two from now, he's going to be, like, a big, like, he, He'd deal. make a great villain and a great good guy. Yeah. Which is usually Maybe what they do. Maybe he'll act. Right? Maybe he'll be in, like, a... He would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he was super engaging. I look forward to your next uh, one-woman show, though. The hey. one-legged wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, starring Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I miss a leg. Oh, my God, yeah. Perfect. I, I told a bar customer recently to watch that from Marissa Tomei. Mm. He was... <laughs> We were talking about Marissa Tomei. I was like, have you seen The Wrestler? He was like, no. I was like, oh, my God. She looks amazing in it. You got to. Uh, <laughs> he saw it, and he was like, thanks so much. She looked hot. She looked great in that movie. I have I'm to remember. She's a stripper in it. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, she... I, I always just think of uh, her Seinfeld episode when oh. I hear Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Which one was it? Uh, George yeah. is engaged, and he can, a friend of Elaine, or a friend is like, Oh, Marissa Tomei is really into short guys like short bald oh, yeah. guys like you, and he's yeah. like, "Oh my God, I want to be Marissa Tomei." Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I look forward to what's next. Kate thank Weinberg, Catherine, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.